tired. So tired. Overtired. Welcome back to Overtired. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Notion. Stick around to learn more. The three amigos are back in the house. Amigos. Um, we have Jeff Severance Gunsel. We have Christina Warren. And we have me, Brett Terpstra. Uh, the gang is back together for the first time in quite some time. Uh, good to see you guys. Good to be here. <sighs> good to see you too. You know, I just watched, I don't know why, the Siskel and Ebert review of Three Amigos the other day on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Now, now, did they like it or not? Because I could see it going either way. I could see like- They did not, I but- say, it, I figured that I, Siskel I knew would hate it. Ebert, I was like, I could see it go either exactly, way. No, Ebert was warmer to it. But what, so what I loved about that is I forgot how- um, I forgot how like cruel they could be to movies yes. and to each other, which I kind of love. And also I, what I love about Ebert is like, he's like, no, I get it. This movie's terrible, but you know what? There were two amazing moments, right? <laughs> like, like if, I like that kind of like that nuance that you don't really get on TV anymore. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. But anyway, I don't know why I was watching it. I can't remember why I watched That's it. That's amazing. I did watch it. So, so th- very quickly, I will. I, I'm going to give a plug to two books um, of, of Ebert's that are uh, compilations of some of his reviews of his most hated films. So the first is oh. called "I Hated, Hated, Hated This Movie," and that title <laughs> is from the 1994, I want to say, Elijah Wood uh, movie called North. And I remember this because I remember reading this review when I was like 10 years old because I I liked Elijah Wood uh, because 10. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, but, but that it is a truly terrible movie about a kid who tries to divorce his parents and then goes around the world trying to find replacement parents. It's a bad movie. Yeah, and, yeah. and you got to go all over. And, 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 uh, and then the next uh, one, uh, which was published um, a few years later, um, it's called your movie sucks. And so um, there, uh, again, like there are a number of compilations of all of his reviews, but your movie sucks. And I hated, hated, hated this movie are two of my favorites. Um, he also has, I think five volumes of uh, the great movies, which is like all of his, stuff and then there's also um like a thing of is four star reviews i'm looking through amazon right now and i'm like how many of these things do i fucking have and i have a lot of them um in print or in digital form <laughs> um a uh, small roger ebert fan as a kid as as you in a, and an adult as you can tell but anyway if you ever want to read reason, his, man. his very funny uh, not as good as maybe the tv show because like you said they were mean to each other um but uh but they loved each other but they were mean to each other yeah um they were mean uh, uh the, one of their best appearances was on the critic um uh incidentally um and and they they when um siskel died like ebert even called that out as like one of their most fun experiences because they they kind of liked each other but they also kind of didn't but anyway mm-hmm, i i mm-hmm, i um mm-hmm. which you can tell watching the show but but uh, if you want to read just excoriating uh, bad movies, um, like this is this is a this is from his um, uh, one star review of Armageddon from 1998. <laughs> the movie is an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. No matter why they're char- <laughs> uh, no matter what they're charging to get in, it's it's worth more to get out. that's awesome that's awesome well okay so before we move on from this very amazing random topic that was your fault brett um i realized what landed me at siskel and ebert's review which is that i ended up landing also inexplicably also inexplicably on an episode of johnny carson where roger ebert is the guest and sitting next to him is chevy chase who had been the guest just before right. him and roger ebert is just panning that movie <laughs> with chevy chase sitting next to him, and it's like this master class on how to be like 
look, I'm just going to be straight up about what I believe, uh, even though you're sitting right here. And um, and that is also amazing. And I put a link in the show notes. Oh, I love that. that. And I respect the fuck out of that, man. Like that, because genuinely, that's <sighs> a hard thing to do. I mean, I that is a hard thing to do. I consider myself one of those people who because because it happens sometimes. Right. Like you you accidentally um, insult someone or something that they're doing to their face. And then like you have two choices. Like you can either like lie about it. Um, and you'd be like, oh no, I don't really yeah. think that, which I think is a coward's way out. Or you can just be like, I'm really embarrassed right now. And, and I don't know what yes. to say. Or you can do, I guess what, what Eber did, which is to just kind of be like, yeah, I'm just going to be completely like bashing your movie to your face with a smile on mine and be like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Chevy? Just double down. Just double down. Yeah. On it. Right. Just double down. And the funny thing is for both of those, whenever they showed a clip, I was like, oh, that's really funny. Um, but. <laughs> you guys got some mental health to talk about? Sure. Oh my God. I have. I you have, go for it. I have do you want to go first? Much. Do sure. you want to go first or do you wanna, uh, want one of us to go first? What do you want? No, I can, I can go first. Um, okay. I'll try to, I'll try to not dominate it. But so last Monday I had a couple's therapy session with my partner and an amazing therapist out of Minneapolis. And we dug into some trauma around my parents and my family and the things that were expected of us over the holidays. And it got me like angry. Like by the end of the session, I was like, I, I don't know what's going on exactly, but I don't like either of you right now. And I'm feeling very combative and I just have to go. And immediately after that session, I got a stomach ache. And that stomach ache lasted for three days. And oh, I realized, like, because I, I put it together before that, like, most of the times I've been to the hospital with heart or stomach trouble uh, in the last few years has been within 24 hours of dealing with my parents, of seeing my parents. Um, mm. And it turns out, even when I talk about something like, what are we going to do for Christmas? Do we have to see your parents? Um, I like I project myself into that situation to gauge how I'm going to react. And I like full on astral project into the situation and have all of the resulting emotions. So even just thinking about my parents can make me physically uh, ill. I knew better than to go to the hospital because I knew it was happening this time. But yeah, that was rough. It's still real, though. I mean. You know, even if you know what's, even if it's caused by an emotional experience, it's still a real yeah. bodily injury. It was, it was, it was very, very real. It was, we'll hold off too long it next was time. Very <laughs> painful. Um, and then I had my personal therapy on Thursday, and that went. That was far less combative, but it dug up all this shit. And by the end of it, I realized all I wanted was drugs loud music and isolation, which are like historically my ways of dealing with trauma. And instead I went out for pizza in a brightly lit, uh, a cool little shop called muddled time and, uh, went out with L and then went to an art fair and it was, uh, I, I got through it 
and the drug craving subsided and being social and out was really good for me. But yeah, the therapy has been up or the, the trauma has been up in force this last week. That's intense. I, I appreciate it's really hard to go like when you're feeling the like, I want this, this and this to be like, I'm going to do the opposite. Like, I find it very hard. So that's really impressive. I, also, I have years of doing that <laughs> under my belt. So, well, I guess I guess is that part of essentially being in recovery or yeah. being having been? Yeah, I guess making so. good Makes choices sense. at the age of 45. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm adept at making good choices. Something. I mean, that's- I don't think we grow into only good choices or something. <laughs> I don't think that's really our North Star. <laughs> right. I mean, I agree. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. I, I know you, you may well have more to say. Um, I, I've done just a little bit of couples therapy. And what I found was different and a little, and this may have just been the therapist, uh, a little concerning was that you know, when you're in therapy one-on-one, there's usually an opportunity or an intention on the part of the therapist to make sure that they're dropping you back into your day as gently as possible, right? Even if that's not always possible, but I mean, it's like, there's some kind of like, it's a goal, right? Um, With couples therapy, I think that must be nearly impossible. And, and I think what you experience, like I've been there where it's just like, wow, I got dropped yeah off the cliff yeah there was there was one session where as we're as we're like talking about like what we're gonna do for the week what we're gonna do for next time getting ready to go uh she just casually drops the idea of a threesome with no context or explanation and like we we ended the call and we look at each other and it led to some it led to some problems (laughs) like I won't, I won't, I won't name names, but one of us was like, okay, I would consider this seems, it seems potentially cool. And one of us was like, no, never. I don't wait. Think so. Okay. Hold on. I need, um, I need to be, uh, I need to be carried along a little better here. I, uh, which is that this was like a parting joke. Like, what are we going to do not next week? It's joke. like, well, we can have a threesome. We, so even, what? Not so even a joke. Help me out. Cause I don't know how to interpret it. Was, it. it was, it was, uh, Here's something we might consider talking about in the future kind of comment um, based on based on what she knew about us and and what we wanted out of our relationship. I know what I missed. I know what I missed. I thought the therapist was suggesting that you have a threesome with the oh, therapist. Oh, God, no. That's what I missed. That's what I missed. No. <laughs> I'm like, what up the Yeah, fuck? no, that would be that would be a serious breach of protocol. Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry, Brett. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Okay. You're all um, like, well, we thought about it. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. I want to talk about all of the fun queer stuff I've been doing lately, but I feel like that's actually a separate segment from the mental health corner. So I will pass the mic. <laughs> oh man. You just put the beastie boys in my head. It's going to take a while to get it out. Um, well, I mean, I can go. I think I talked about this last time. Um, you weren't on uh, Jeff, um, but um, I am now for the first time in, six and six plus years uh not on any antidepressant at all i'm only on my dexedrine because the antidepressant i was on was that i thought was going to work absolutely did not and so there were some side effects that were just completely non-tenable um and so i had to come off of it um the withdrawal process was worse than i thought that it was going to be because it's supposed to not be one that has a lot of withdrawal 
Um, it did. Uh, I got brain zaps for the first time, which I've never had before, which are not fun. Um, so a lot of people have them coming off of typical SSRIs. I'd never had them before. Um, and this is not supposed to be a typical SSRI. So I was a little bit surprised, but basically what it feels like is that somebody has like static electricity. Um, and you know, like when you get like a, a shock, like on, on your finger or, or something, mm -hmm. it's like that, but on your, in your brain. Oh, whoa. Ugh. So it's fucked up. And so the thing is, is that it can happen anytime. And so inside your head, like you will like feel a little something and it's almost like somebody is like, like shaking maracas or something like, or shaking sand, like inside your ears is, is it's kind of the best way I can kind of describe it. So it'll kind of come out of nowhere. Like I could be moving around and it could happen, but I could also be like completely still and just be like, hit me. Um, oh, it's awesome. not great. It, yeah. It, it's pretty shitty. And a lot of people have them. Some people claim that they have them for like years after getting off of antidepressants. I'm personally a little skeptical of that, um, as I am skeptical of, of most symptoms of that nature. I think there's a, a lot anecdotal of anecdotal symptom reports. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm 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 a I'm a strong believer in hypochondria being like not to say people don't think they experience things, but hypochondria is a real fucking thing. Um, uh, but, um, and, and so I'm, I'm not going down that rabbit hole of like, Oh, I'm never going to get rid of this stuff. It's gotten significantly better. It's, it's pretty minimal now, but it does still happen like at night sometimes like it'll just kind of hit me, but it's not all the time during the day when it just be randomly hitting me, you know, um, while I'm trying to do something, which completely takes you out of whatever your thought process is. So, um, fun withdrawal, uh, fun meaning not, but now I'm, not on anything but my dexedrine and my, my doctor agreed that this is a good idea. Um, his theory had been for a long time. I think it's a good one because I've had so many major depression episodes in my life. The more that you have, the more, the higher the likelihood is that you will have another one. And so like, if you've had one, there's like a, a 40 something percent chance you'll have another. If you had two, there's like a 70 something percent chance you'll have a, a, a third. If you have three, there's, you know, like it just goes up and up and up. Um, and I've probably had in my life, if I'm like being completely honest and going through, I probably had five. And so, and, and I might not even be counting all of them because some of them have been extended. So I, um, for that reason, he has wanted me to basically, like he told me when I was like 21, it was like, you'll probably never be able to go off of antidepressants. That's just like a reality in your life. Um, and, and other than like the, the two and a half year period that I, I ghosted my shrink, that has been the case. Uh, basically, since I was 14 years old, um, I've been on some sort of antidepressant or another. Uh, I'm not right now. Um, we're trying to see kind of what my baseline is and where things are. The good thing about the Avelity, even though it didn't ultimately work for me, was I think that it got me out of at least the like suicidal life ending, unable to get out of bed, like depression, mm. right? Like it got me past that point, right? And, 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 and to be clear, as I talked about before, it was bad enough that you know, like when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, this might, be, if I ever have anything like this again, I'm, I'm not not treating this. I'm not like, I will fucking go on disability leave before I will, um, uh, a try to deal with the medication changes while working ever again, or B, um, I'm going to actually for the first time in my life, like prioritize my health over my career, um, which are all good things. Um, so I, I think that the good thing about it, even though it ultimately didn't work and ultimately has some side effects that were completely non-tenable, I think that it got me out of like that place. So that's good. So now we're just going to kind of evaluate, you know, where our base levels are, watch things, um, look at some other stuff, see how things kind of come back. And then, you know, 
maybe after the first of the year or whatever, we can, you know, talk about experimenting with other things. And, and then there's, you know, he has questions and I do too about like, okay, how proactive do we want to be? Because if I'm not actively depressed, then do I need to be seeking out treatment? Um, if that, especially if that can cause, you know, the, the side effects and, and finding the right med balance and all that shit. Right. So, uh, it, it's, it's just kind of a balance now, I think of watching things, paying attention and then like trying to like, you know, um, ensure that, uh, um, I definitely don't want to go back into a place where I'm falling into a depression again. And, and this is where I am very, very grateful as much as major depression sucks. I am very grateful that I don't have, um, bipolar because I don't know how I would deal with, like, I don't even, I can't even imagine what it would be like to like feel okay. And then immediately be like pitted back into, you know, feeling depressed again, or, or even feeling, you know, like mania or whatever, um, with, uh, with very little, you know, like preparation. So that's, that's sort of my update. I'm a, I'm only on Dexedrine. Things are going well so far. I was at a, I was in San Francisco for 10 days. And so, um, I, uh, I got back on Sunday, which is like a week ago, basically six days. No, I got back Saturday. So I got back a week ago, uh, as we're recording this, but I was there previously for 10 days and, um, get up universe was fun. Um, and now I'm just kind of, you know, trying to pick up the pieces of, of my life over the last there for four months. Days. Yeah. That's so long. It is so long. Yeah. No, I was, I'm, I was fortunate that the hotel a had a good rate for like long-term stay and B that they gave me an upgraded room. It wasn't like a massive room. It wasn't like the, the room that I got when I stayed at the W in, um, uh, uh, Westwood or West Beverly Hills or whatever, um, last month where I got like a two bedroom suite that was like <laughs> 785 square feet. It was ridiculous. I'll have to put the, the video on, on Instagram cause I forgot, um, with all my weird mental health bullshit. Um, uh, my, my social media postings have been bad, but, uh, but yeah, I was there for 10 days, which is a long time. And I lost my voice, which is why my voice is <clears throat> the way it is. Oh, one, one quick thing. Uh, and then I'll shut up because this is speaking of social media. I do want to bitch about this for a minute because it's, it's impacting me and it's not. So on the 7th, November 7th, which was the day before GitHub universe kicked off, I sent a tweet, uh, a, I quote retweeted my boss who was showing off our, our badges, which are raspberry Pi based. And, and I was like, I can't wait, you know, to do so many cool things with my badge. And then I also like took a, a photo of my laptop, um, keyboard that had my badge on it and a, a sticky. And I was like, get ready for GitHub universe, you know, go here, you know, follow along with us. It kicks off in 20 hours or whatever. Then I tried to change my display name to go like from Christina Warren to Christina Warren is back at GitHub universe. Something about that, I think tripped up one of Twitter's automated systems. And they were like, we think you're a bot or this is an automated account or this is being spammed or whatnot. And so first they locked me out of my account. And then I reset my password. I was able to get back in, but I can't tweet. I can't retweet. I can't like, I can't bookmark. I can't DM. I can't do anything at a very important time. Not only that, but if you go to my Twitter profiles, if you go to twitter.com slash film underscore girl, it will be like, this account may have violated rules and has been restricted view. You know, are you sure you want to view your view, these tweets and you have to click on yes to be able to view my content. Again, I've tweeted lots of fucked up shit over the years. I did not violate any rules, not even by Elon's current standards, right? Like I literally did nothing. But so, but I'm caught in some sort of automated system trap. The problem is when you file a support request, 
there's no one apparently there to respond. That person, that person doesn't work right, there anymore. Right, right. And then it gets worse <laughs> because for a while, this is at least sort of fixed, but not that it changes anything. For a while, I would I would file a ticket and then they would be like, okay, we filed this ticket. If this doesn't solve the problem, they'd give me an automated thing, reset your password. If this doesn't solve your problem, reply to this email. Then I'd to, to add to the ticket. I'd reply to the email and be, they'd be like, yeah, this ticket's closed. File another ticket. Then I would try to log into my account. It wouldn't let me log in. And then I couldn't file a ticket because I couldn't log in. So I'm in this Kafka-esque situation where I cannot reach anyone in support. I cannot get anything with my account unlocked. And I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, yeah, and of course, it happened at the most inopportune time when like, I actually need Twitter for my job. Um, so if anybody out there just on a lark, I seriously doubt it at this point because everybody who has the opportunity in most cases have left the company. If anybody works at Twitter and can somehow put eyes on this, because I've talked to, I back channeled with some Twitter employees who are like, yeah, I can't even view your account. And I'm like, okay, but you have to know somebody who can like, come on now. Uh, but, but, but I'm back channeling through like other people. I'm not having a direct conversation. So if anybody out there has any connections at Twitter whatsoever, like I will pay people like I, Twitter employees. I will bribe you with gift cards or with whatever if you can just fucking unstick my account so that I can tell people to follow me on Mastodon. First, first uh, Twitter employee I see tweeting about being in the first row to Taylor Swift concert. I'm going to know who helped. I mean, totally. I mean, I'm not going to pay you 10 grand, but like uh, I, uh, I will. Uh, not Portugal. Yeah. Uh, that, oh, that was from our pre-show banter that didn't make it. We were talking about potential uh, um, uh, gift guides for, for uh, like money is no object things. I don't have that kind of money, uh, but, but I will like buy you a gift card or something. Anyway, uh, that, that, that's me. And I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop talking now. So, uh, about this hypochondria, mm -hmm. I think I, I think I, I think I might have that. What are the symptoms? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Jeff, what you got? How's your mental health? I don't know. I, it's a, it's, you know, I'm paying attention to it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm in a, a phase that's, I mean, good in a way, which is like, I feel like I'm, I have a sort of a, a like a self-awareness uh, that I don't always have when I'm having any kind of mental health change or shift or whatever. And, um, and I'm, and I'm able to like, I don't know if calibrate maybe to, um, that sounds like bluster to say that I can calibrate it quickly, but like, um, I've just had some luck kind of noticing and being like, huh, you know what I think this is. And then being able to do something that sort of regrounds me a little bit. Um, and that's been nice. So it's, you know, I've been kind of all over the place, uh, but uh, that's been the, like a common thread, which is really great. Um, I had like a really long October. Um, October has always been full of, weirdness for me. It's the month that I found my mom in a coma in her apartment. It's the month that I had the manic episode that led to a bipolar diagnosis. Like it's, and there's, and it's the month that my son was diagnosed with MS, by the way, these are three years in a row. <laughs> um, and, uh, and this one wasn't, you know, nothing like that exactly. It was just, it was just a lot. There was just a lot that happened, a lot going on. I had, you know, we had a trip when I wasn't quite ready for a trip. We had a part of that trip was my son 
looking at a college he's interested in um, in in LA, and I don't I don't particularly want him to move out of the state, and I definitely don't want him to move to LA, even though I thousand percent support it, because um, you got to go where you got to go, and I I get it, I lived that, but I you know it's like, but we like each other, you don't have to go that far, um, and and then you, it was just like some family stuff and just whatever my my grandmother died which was you know honestly fine she was 96 she was 96 oh. she had six kids who still liked her um and and all of her faculties and so i i wasn't i wasn't feeling like a ton of grief about it cuz i was more kind of like that's a hell of a finish line <laughs> and she she would say the same thing like she was she lost one of her close friends the week before and was like, well, she lived a good long life. Um, and I think if she were to speak to us from the afterlife, she would say the thing she misses most is bingo. Um, and, and some of her prizes in the, in the assisted living facility had to be returned to the bingo uh, kitty actually after she died, which was really sad and mm-hmm. kind of funny, but she lived a good anyway, but that's still like a, a disturbance in the force, right? Like, yeah. and um there are just so many things at once. There was like work stressors and everything. A whole October, it was like not one thing, but it was like I came out of it just like just completely fried in every possible way. And I'm feeling like I'm getting kind of uh, backgrounded again, which is um, nice. Although I still don't want my kid. He's applying for schools, getting accepted to schools. And it's like I realize I'm not ready to lose what is essentially just a great roommate. Um, which I realize is not normally or always the case with a 18 year old in your house, but we, uh, we got really lucky and, uh, and I will just say that that, that experience and, and knowing that that's coming or like doing kind of lasts, which is like last night, there was like a banquet for his, the end of season for his cross country team. And like, that's the last time we'll do that. Like you're done with that. And like, every time we hit one of those, it's like, I definitely am like, I have a hard day, like more just like a really melancholy day. Um, And so that's just another, uh, another piece that's going on right now. But we were blessed not to talk about the weather, but it isn't irrelevant in a mental health conversation. We were blessed in Minnesota with, um, some extra warm and sunny days uh, beyond what we deserve for having decided to live here, or for at least our our uh, ancestors having decided for some fucking reason to stop <laughs> here and not go a little further west or south. Um, and that has helped me a ton to just have those like sunny days. It's like a really because the first couple, man, when it snowed the day before Halloween and then it was gray and dark, I was like, I was feeling, I was not feeling good. I was like, it's gonna be a long winter. So anyway. Long winters. Hi, John Roderick. Um, that's what I got. That's kind of a ramble. That's what I got. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, My therapist did not suggest a threesome. Uh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that out loud. Uh, I can't believe I thought, even for the few seconds that I thought that's what was happening, Brett, I was like, okay, hold on. Pause the recording. Right. <laughs> We got a we got a problem, but that's, that's you're all good. You're all good. My wife is a therapist. You know, I'm I'm like slightly familiar with the professional. Right, right, right. Like my, my my mom is too. My mom's not a, a sex or relationship therapist, so I was like, well, maybe in that thing. But that's still, yeah. I was, I was like, this, this feels this doesn't seem right, but also, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So all right, what do we got? So. 
this I can segue into this um, as part of my like mental health work. I've be- I've begun realizing that despite identifying as pansexual, I also have some serious internal homophobia that I don't apply to other people. I only apply to myself. Yeah, that's, that um, makes sense completely. It's a there's like a lot of self hate around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have been. Uh, making an effort to probably just... from your religious trauma. Oh, absolutely, hundred yeah. um, yeah, percent. Absolutely, um, I have been making an effort to be in more queer spaces and just uh, be comfortable with myself in those spaces. Uh, so last week, Elle and I went to a queer dance night and hung out with like hundred percent queer people all night and had a great time. Um, Then we went to a queer art market in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, I got a great Barbie colored ACAB rug. It's like a welcome mat. Um, And uh, and then for Thanksgiving, we are going to the only gay bar in La Crosse, Wisconsin, the, the only official gay bar. There's another one that's been adopted by the gay crowd, but doesn't bill themselves as a gay bar. Chances are. Does that mean. What? Go ahead. What's that? Does that mean that the closest gay bar to you is lacrosse? It is. Wisconsin? Yeah, it's a, wow. it's a half hour away. Uh, but okay. we're going to we're going to their Thanksgiving brunch, even though there would likely not be any food that two vegan um, or pescatarian uh, gluten intolerant people can eat, uh, but go first a little bit of day drinking maybe. And I'm going to meet up with a couple of people that I've met online and have never had the pleasure of talking with in person. Some very weird people that I'm excited to like talk to you in person instead of just (laughs) the slow, the slow progress of Snapchat and messages conversations. Um, but yeah, so I'm really, I'm enjoying this space. It's a lot of fun. I actually feel more comfortable in these spaces than I ever do in uh, ostensibly straight places that obviously have queer people in them, but they're not there to be themselves. They're there to mask and to fit in with everybody else and to go to mm-hmm. a queer dance night well, there's just no question. If you walk in the door, it's assumed you're queer and you might have to prove you're straight, hmm. but like it's it's like <laughs> it's an opposite environment that I'm used to and I like it. Let's talk about what it would look like to prove you're straight in such a context. Um, I think you you'd have to be a real asshole in that mm-hmm. context. Um I don't know. I, think, I mean, so you're saying I, more like what would what would make I, I think you might be I don't mean so much like what would make it obvious that you're straight. But if someone were to literally say, I need you to prove you're straight. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I don't think, think I, could. I, I misphrased <laughs> that. That was phrased poorly. I'm just and I say about, that for fun. That's a fun thought experiment. for me. No, no. I, and I don't know if this is what your experience is, but my experience in those in those spaces is that there's very little you can do. Right. Like there are some people who and stereotypes are often wrong. Um, who might just like give off a vibe and they'll be like, okay, well, clearly this is like the random straight person who, you know, was an ally and was invited along and, and we'll, we'll accept that. Oh, but, yeah. but it, and, and weirdly, I think 
like they will okay this is how it was historically i think this has actually changed now but historically you could get away with being a quote-unquote street woman and having that be believed in queer spaces like what you're talking about but if you're a man of any type it is just assumed that you are in denial um and uh mm. uh <laughs> at least at least 20 years ago you were not even bisexual you were you were gay and and you were lying and, to and, yourself it, yeah exactly um yeah. Uh, that i think has changed a little bit although bi biphobia, yeah. biphobia is still very real and yep. uh, especially towards men uh, women yep. it's assumed mm -hmm. but towards men it is absolutely assumed that if you have any interest in a guy at all that you are actually a homosexual and that you are a complete liar and you don't actually like pussy and but, which what's is frustrating what's frustrating about that is that came just as much from the gay community oh i know i'm oh, as it did I, from the straight community no no no, no, no. I, I want to be very clear what i'm talking about right now that attitude i'm sorry i, I did not have been clear that attitude i was specifically speaking about queer spaces yeah. Yeah, I was specifically talking sure. about the attitude from gay spaces, for predominantly, sure. uh, specifically, largely male gay spaces, yeah. because I spent a lot of time in in um, largely like male queer space, like gay spaces. They wouldn't even use the word queer um, uh, in 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 high school and college. And any guy who would you know express anything, oh, you're just in denial. You're actually you, bisexuals don't exist. You're gay. You, you um, can't like you can't like dick and even have a whiff. No, of right. Vagina. Like no, it, exactly. It, it 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 is not a thing. Now that might have changed some. I think that there's still some of that in the gay community. Women though, you used to be able to at least get a pass where they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, she's straight. Now I think that there's more of an assumption there, which is like, oh no, you know, you're you're well, you're bi or whatever. Yeah. Well, it used to be like in straight circles, it was this general assumption that all women were a little bit bi just because guys sexualized. Oh, just because, uh, just because we'll, 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 uh, girl, we'll make girl. out when we're drunk. Right. I exactly. mean, that's really what it is. College so girls make was, out when they're drunk. It was yeah. easy for people to say, oh yeah, all women are a little bit bi. Give them enough alcohol, give them the right environment and they'll go for it. But guys were like, so right. completely not so right. anti homo. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Um, and I'm talking about straight spaces now. Oh, no, like, I know. I, I know. I know. I, I totally. Had, I had gay friends in high school um, and they they had that mentality. Like I I began to realize I had bisexual feelings in high school um, and and they would not accept that. Uh, right. If I had any bisexual feeling, obviously I was gay and I had I had just needed to come out of the closet and just date guys from that point on. And it, and it didn't work for me. Um, I didn't meet my first self-professed openly bisexual person until I was uh, probably 19. And it was it was eye-opening to find someone that was just so confident mm -hmm. um, that he knew what he wanted. He knew what he liked. Um, he knew what he needed. He loved who he loved. And like that was it was like I still That's I remember exactly how that guy looked talking to him on the porch at a party. But yeah, it's an amazing thing, especially when you encounter that when you're young. Yeah, it's amazing for sure. I was actually trying to think about who the first person I ever met was bisexual was, and and, and it sounds like I'm being um, uh, two faced here or hypocritical. I'm not, I swear, because he's actually completely homosexual. But my one of my best friends who claimed to be bi, but that was because of religious trauma. Because really, mm -hmm. he's gay, 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 gay. But would be like, oh no, it's a choice. 
It's like, no, it's oh, not. Like his mom, like, like his mom sent him to like you know, conversion camps conversion and stuff, camp, sure. where he would then fuck like the the guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would bribe him with cars and stuff. It was. It was I really always imagine that was a pretty good hookup spot. Oh. Not that it was an uncomplicated hookup spot, but it was oh, yeah, like no. a methadone clinic is a great place to squirt heroin. Well, with also like it's resistance right it's just like well what's what's fucked about it is that a you're right probably a good hookup spot but what's really gross about it is that you've got all these like high school um like boys and these adult men who are gay who are pretending that they can pray the gay away who then fuck the high school boys like that's what actually happens in these religious places i forgot that you had uh i was thinking all the same age no 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 no. (laughs) i mean you do have people the same age but like really like it's it's like it's basically molestation um, is, is basically what happens. Um, and uh, because you have a bunch of like completely like closeted. Which, honestly. Yeah. That's the thing is like that much repression leads to um, we'll call it unhealthy behavior. Uh, like 50 year old men fucking 15 year old kids. That's not, I mean, that, that's not unhealthy behavior. That's illegal. Like that, that's a sex sure. crime, but yeah, sure. But that's what repression leads to, which is yeah, why so many Christians, so many, gotta, so many Christians gotta... equate homosexuality with pedophilia Yo, because yeah. this happens when you're so repressed. Oh, totally. But, but, but Hey, you gotta, you gotta insert the word can lead to, you can't just say it leads to a can, it can lead, lead to. to, I mean, yes, no, 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 yeah. very good um, thing. many yeah. times it does yeah. not. There are plenty of people who have, <laughs> even no matter how gay they are or what their sexuality is, are never going to cross a line and, uh, you know, like, um, prey on, um, someone, um, who's under their care or younger than them or break the law. Like that, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. That there's, that, that is. And that is one of the reasons why, like, that stereotype, you know, things is, is a problem. Um, ironically, my mom, it was Andrew who, uh, you know, claimed to be bisexual, which, no. Um, that my mom was the one who I think was, like, most insistent with him um, about that stuff. And my mom was pretty religious. But, like, he would, like, cry with her about, like, not being able to, you know, basically pray the gay away. And this was, like, in 1999. And my mom was not super progressive about that stuff then until like meeting him because he basically lived with us and was just like, this is not a choice. There's there's nothing that he is like, like it completely changed her entire outlook on, on homosexuality. And, and then later, you know, trans stuff too, because she, you know, realized she was like, no, this is not something that, that he's just, you know, opting to do. This isn't sin. This is just who he is. And so, you know, who the fuck am I uh, to to like judge this or or to have any sort of like moral like feel feel like this is any sort of moral failing? We and should do some sponsor reads. We should do some sponsor reads. <laughs> Every sponsor would appreciate. I that was going to say. Uh... <laughs> well, okay, and now on a later note, we could have our little our some marimba music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there, everyone's in a better mood, right? It worked. I'm, I swear it worked. Um, let's uh, let's kick it off talking about Notion. All right. So Notion, which is an application that I've used for – it's a service, really, uh, Notion.com, Notion.so. Um, I've been using this, gosh, for five or six years as one of the, the many tools that I use for, for note-taking. And one of the things that I really like about Notion um, that I think it's really great at, A, uh, they kind of invented sort of kind of the modern – um, block-based kind of WYSIWYG 
way of creating um, good-looking uh, documents that you can collaborate on and share with others. But what I use it for in a lot of cases is for like creating like wiki-like content because you can make it public. You can make your Notion file public and you can share it with other people so that they can access things. And I think it's a really, really good tool that you can use as um, your uh, as your second brain. Um, and so one of the things that, I, that I've used uh, Notion for over the years, like I said, is to almost create a wiki of things because I can have a Notion document. It can have lots of sub pages. It can have lots of things linked into it. It's um, pretty. And you can export it as, as Markdown and all kinds of other stuff. But then I can publish it on um, the web and give that link to anybody so that they can access that stuff and they can see all those things. Um, or I can invite them um, to be a guest in my workspace if I want to do that too. So um, one of the, the things that the uh, the sponsor of today's episode, who is Notion incidentally, um, has done uh, is they've just announced their new feature called Q&A, which is an AI assistant basically based on your own notes and documents. And so basically it'll take everything that you've got in your projects and in your notes, your docs, your wikis and whatnot. And it creates an AI out of that. And so you can then ask it questions like, okay, how do I, you know, like if we had one for overtired, for instance, and we, we, let's say we wanted to have something for, for guests and we said, okay, what settings do I need to uh, enable on my Mac to make sure I can record locally? Um, then it would immediately be able to just tell me this is, this is what you want to do. Basic, basically being trained on on the stuff that are in my own uh, files. So th this is a feature they announced this this week. I haven't had a chance to use it yet, but I'm actually excited about it because I think that this is the sort of stuff that AI uh, can be really great for when the the training is not just on these large language models that uh, you know might be able to to tell us um, you know historical uh, heat averages uh, in uh, in Chicago in the month or, of uh, November or, or make up lies. Or makeup lies, right? <laughs> but, but when it can actually be based on things that we actually have ourselves, right? Like the, our own documents and, and using that as the basis stuff. So uh, Notion AI, which is what Q&A is part of, can now give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, project, docs, and meeting notes. So uh, if you want to try Notion AI for free, you can do that by going to notion.com slash overtired. That's all lowercase notion.com slash overtired n-o-t-i-o-n.com slash overtired to try powerful easy to use notion ai today and when you use our link you're supporting our show so again that is notion.com slash overtired thanks christina that was beautiful um i also want to talk about around square um, you know that experience of learning something new that would have been so useful last week or finding something special that you hadn't realized you'd been missing all these years? Well, today might be one of those days. Around Square is a company that you've probably never heard about, but for certain people, the brand, the products, and the ideas just really resonate. Since 2007, Around Square has been designing and producing beautiful, unusual, functional goods for the mind and body. Their specialty is a range of intriguing little objects for everyday carry. Many of these things could be called skill toys, dexterity trainers, or fidget items, but they don't really conform to these labels, and none of them really do the products justice. They're striking minimalist objects, more akin to jewelry than playthings, but they're also serious tools designed for creative exploration and peaceful manipulation. Things to keep the hands busy and the mind at ease by providing just the desired level of stimulation. 
Around Square's eclectic range goes way beyond this and includes stationery, jewelry, functional clothing, and much more. Uh, check it out at aroundsquare.com, A-R-O-U-N-D-S-Q-U-A-R-E, and use the code OVERTIRED at checkout for 15% off. That's aroundsquare.com. We could talk about the Grammys for a second. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the Grammys. I do want to talk about the Grammys because the, the my, my, my boys were nominated for six Grammys. Uh, the boys, of course, being Boy Genius. genius. So uh, and, and then Phoebe Bridgers got a, 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 another nomination her on, on her own. So, yeah, Grammy nominations came out. And I was actually like for the first time in a few years, actually kind of interested because I was like, oh, OK, actually, these are some good picks like last year, which, to be honest, wasn't that great of a music year anyway. I kind of didn't care. But um, this year, um, uh uh, SZA uh, was was like the the big nominee. Her album is excellent. It came out at the end of last year. It's a great record. So I was very 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 glad to see her up for I think eleven nominations or maybe ten. But anyway, she got like the most. She led and and as she should. Um, but uh, also uh, um, Miley Cyrus, uh, overtired fave, got six nominations, uh, including record <laughs> of the year for Flowers. Um, uh, Taylor Swift, other other favorite of the pod. She also got six nominations. I don't think she's going to win any, uh, which is fine. Um, the the best shot that she would have would be with Antihero, which is a great fucking song for record of the year, but that's going to lose as it should to Kill Bill. So, um, and she's not going to get her fourth um, album of the year win for um, Midnight. She's just not. Uh, it, it's not an album of the year winner. Uh, it, it's it's a good record, but it's it's not album of the year. So um, it, it's not Red, which lost. And it's not uh, 1989, uh, Fearless, or uh, Folklore, which all won. So, whatever. Uh, Lana Del Rey got some nominations, oh, nice. um, which is great. And and then, again, like I said, I, I was most personally happy that the Boy Genius got six, um, including um, Song of the Year and... Uh, no, no, they didn't get Song of the Year. They got Record of the Year and Album of the Year, which, very, very impressive. Not bad. No, not at all. Like... Um, so, uh, oh, and Gracie Abrams, who I've been obsessed with for like years now, was nominated for Best New Artist. She will lose uh, to either Ice Spice or Noah Kayan. I think Noah should win, but that's also a cursed award. So it, you're like, you're kind of up two minds with that. You're like, do you want to win Best New Artist or do you not? Because there's like this thing. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but like the people who win Best New Artist, their careers either like fall off or they die. <laughs> that's wow. just science no but, it is, it, but, no, but, but it's kind of like a thing like like amy winehouse like god it's so like again um the tier the i guess okay i think i know it was i think i know what it was that killed her though <laughs> right so, so okay but then we're gonna go through like we're, we're gonna go through the best new artist winners um and we're gonna just think, think right. about, okay yeah, think, yeah, think about how many of these have had maintained careers so let's just start let's just go from um all right, we're going to start with 1991 because I think this is actually an interesting list. Um, okay, actually, no, in fairness to say that there were some that had long-standing careers. 1988, Tracy Chapman. Now, she did have a career. Fast Car is nominated for uh, um, uh, Best Country Performance, and that's an amazing song. I think we could also say, though, Tracy Chapman, she had the huge success of that record and Give Me One Reason with Wyclef. Tracy Chapman hasn't had a real commercial career. 
uh, like that's been huge and is not, certainly not as big as she deserves to be. And Tracy Chapman. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by how good Tracy Chapman No, Tracy Chapman's fucking astounding. Like, if you yeah, haven't yeah, seen yeah. her performance at Wembley during the Mel- Nelson Mandela concert, okay, we, we did. That. I'm just saying. Where she was just brought on by a total yes. freak synthesizer accident. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I'm just saying, yeah, we talked about this, but if, if listeners totally. do not know this, watch that Amazing. performance because it's unreal. All right. So she wins. If you're not completist, you haven't heard every single episode of Overtime. Correct. Okay. So, so, so she wins in 88. Uh, or 89, I guess. Mariah Carey wins in 90. Now, Mariah Carey clearly has had a massive career, right? So so she she um, is immune from the curse. Mark Cohn, Walking in Memphis. Has anyone ever heard a, another Mark Cohn song ever no, again? No, no, you have no, not. Never even heard his name since then. Right. Exactly. Uh, Arrested Development, 1992. No. Uh-huh. Fell yeah. off. Mr. Webb. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, Tony Braxton, 1993. Meh, right? But I wouldn't say huge post like 94, 95. Sheryl Crow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would say she had, she had a real career. Hootie and the Blowfish. No. <laughs> Darius Rucker had to go to fucking country music, right? Like they fell off. Yeah, say, he did fine. He yeah. did fine. The rest of the Blowfish the did name, not. Man. I mean, I didn't like the band, but that name, you weren't going anywhere no. with that. No, the rest of the Blowfish, though, did not. Enough, uh, Leanne Rhymes. I mean, I think she's most famous for breaking yeah. up a marriage. Um, then, then uh, you know, the fact that two versions of How Do I Live were both on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 at the same time. Uh, Paula Cole, we know her from Dawson's Creek. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, like um, um, opening she's music. She's like a jazzy singer, right? No, no, Paula she did. Cole, I don't no. want to wait. The Dawson's Creek theme song. Oh yeah, yeah, got okay. It, got it, got so, it. so, so okay. Paula Cole dropped off. Lauren Hill. We shouldn't talk about Lauren Hill because Lauren Hill. Incredibly problematic. We, we, we love the miseducation of Miss Lauren Hill. I wish Lauren Hill would educate herself a little bit more. Um, Christina Aguilera. Okay. Another one. Massive career. Um, uh, Shelby Lynn. I bet neither of you could name a Shelby Lynn song ever. Never, never heard of her. I, 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 I know one Shelby Lynn song because it used to be on the Best Buy playlist. That was it. Alicia. That's altogether too many first right. names. Alicia Keys. Okay, she yep. she did have a yep. career, right? Yeah. Uh, Nora's- you, made it into a Bob Dylan song. Like- you know Bob Dylan has a song where he talks about listening to Alicia Keys. <laughs> Is this like an every other year curse? Maybe, maybe. Nor actually, actually, well, no, because we're about to get into some area. Yeah, I think so. I think you might be right. Nora Jones. Nora Jones. Wow, she fell off, and she was huge, right? Yeah. Like huge. She was massive yeah, and yeah. disappeared. Evanescence, another one. Like, wow, they were like huge, <laughs> um, and nobody has thought about them for forever. Although TikTok, what was the song? What was the song? Uh, bring me to life. It oh, was, okay. uh, it was Wake like rock, rock yeah. with female vocals. It really. Well, she had a it, great voice. It was. It, it was scratched an itch for a little bit there. It did. I mean, she had a great voice. Uh, Amy Lee. She was super goth, and uh, they had like the the goth videos, but like they she had like the soaring voice, so that had like. Oh, kind of- I thought you meant Amy Grant. That was a whole different. Um, oh yeah, Amy yeah, no, Grant. yeah. Amy, Amy Grant, completely different. Crossover, Christian crossover. Evanescence was also Christian, and then they like stopped being Christian, but they originally came from Christian radio. Uh, Striper. Uh, Maroon Five, okay. Striper. Maroon Five, to legitimate. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say Maroon Five. Actually, other than Mariah Carey, probably the most successful group that we've named so far. Like, I think they're scheduled to do the Super Bowl or something. Like Maroon Five. Uh, Songs about Jane was a great fucking album. Uh, John Legend, okay, yes. Oh, yeah, he's doing, he's doing just, just fine, fine because he's on every award show ever. Hey, welcome to the to the annual tissue paper Correct. awards featuring John Legend. Okay, uh, so so actually, we now have an era where they they did pretty successfully. So we Maroon Five, John Legend, Carrie Underwood. Then we had the unfortunateness of Amy Winehouse, uh, but 
that's followed up by the most successful artist of uh, this century, Adele. Uh, followed up by, but but now we get into eras where we're like, okay, Adele, what? Adele almost fell off. She did. She did. Um, but she she had a comeback. But like after that award, did she do anything for like the next ten years? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I she, it. Get, she gets the award in two thousand eight. Twenty one, which is one of the biggest records oh, ever. Oh, okay. I comes thought it would be two years later. I thought no, it was 20... four twenty one. Okay. No, no, that was four nineteen. Okay. Okay. Then one comes out she like fucking sweeps then she does 25 which sells 3 million copies in one week which will I never might be. have missed 25 I never even heard that one and then thir- you, no you heard hello you you, you heard oh, yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay you think 78 you think 78 is going to be a comeback record produced by Rick Rubin yes <laughs> his, it, it, or his ghost Rick Rubin's ghost it'll be yeah, like Rick, Rick, style. obviously ghost, yes so. Just his okay but, but yeah. now we get into an era where we're just like whatever so we go to Zach Brown band huh. no idea uh, as oh, yeah. Esperanza Spalding, no fucking clue. Nope. Uh, Bon Iver, who? Yeah. Uh, Esperanza Spalding, Spalding still shows up in things. She's always she's a, she's one of those people too at the award shows. I guess so. She's over the end. I guess so. Um, yeah. Bon Iver, I mean, I love uh, Justin Vernon, uh, but like, did he did he actually turn into a puddle in his shoes? I think. Poor guy? I, I mean, I think so. But like, I'm just saying, like, like. <laughs> At this point, more people know Bon Iver from Taylor Swift than yeah, from for sure. him, which is unfortunate, but like, but that's where we are. Uh, 2012. Let's not forget. Hold on. Let's not forget. He made a little trip to appear on a Kanye. Album. Oh, that was before. <laughs> before. I know. But, but, I'm just saying, I just want to just get it in the record. Oh, no, I know. And, and to be very clear, it is the greatest Kanye record. And it is the, it, oh, is, it yes. is, it is one of the best albums oh, yes. of Rick Rubin. Yes, it is. My dark people who says that. is fucking amazing record. He's an awful person, but that and he's mentally unwell and he needs help. But my dark, uh, beautiful, twisted fantasy is one of the best records ever. So good. And apparently came to Rick Rubin in such a completely incomprehensible <laughs> form. And so it's awesome that the two of them could somehow right. figure that vision out. Right. So great. Uh, okay. Yeah. The, the next one. Are... Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. asterisk. <laughs> Absolutely. But, 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 but I, I will defend that album forever. And yes, you're right. He was absolutely on that record. He's on a few tracks on that record. Um, uh, the next winner is Fun. Uh, now, the only person from Fun that anybody knows anything about is Jack Antonoff. So... Did they have a period in their name? Yes. Fun period. Uh-huh. Um, was that all lowercase? Like yes. they were bell hooks? Correct. Dude, that bell hooks gets a good Correct. Okay, yes. Fine. Then the next one, this is a sad one. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. And I say sad yeah. because I live in Seattle. Um, <laughs> then we have Sam Smith, who I personally dislike. Wait, wait, wait. We have to stop. I was at a hotel in Omaha and Macklemore was playing across the street. And it was so so loud and i was trying to sleep that i tweeted him and and asked him could you wrap it up i'm trying to sleep but he didn't, he didn't respond anyway, i don't think he was through thrift store i was gonna or say yet. he was still thrift storing you know thrift store was written yeah. about a, the thrift store in my neighborhood anyway i digress next winner nice. i do too honestly it, look that was a great record it was a great record um but again kind of a one a so, one hit record like nothing else was going to work after that um 2014 sam smith i, I don't care for them uh, but but I guess they still oh, make music. Uh, uh, yeah, and their outfits have gotten real good. If that's something that came out of the getting that award, all of a sudden you look great in every <laughs> floofy, crazy ass, awesome outfit. Yeah, I just I, anyway. I just dislike them. Uh, I think that they try too hard. Uh, the next one, <laughs> Megan Trainer, who I hope we never hear from again. Sure. Megan Trainer sucks. Um, then Chance the Rapper, which again, an unfortunate, like great, 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 great rapper. I love Chance, but we haven't heard from Chance in a minute. Then Alicia Cara. 
again, haven't heard from her since then. Uh, then Dua Lipa. Okay, Dua has had a big uh, career. Billie Eilish, Megan Thee Stallion. It's unclear if Megan's going to have like a long-term career or not. Olivia Rodrigo, who has thus far um, survived the, the second album, Curse. And then last year, Samara <laughs> Joy, no fucking clue who that is. So, I don't, yeah, I have no idea. So, huh. so anyway, um, I, not quite as cursed as, as I previously thought, but I, I still... Um, but here's what does hold yeah. up. That... I was surprised by how many of those people I'm like, oh, yeah, geez, that, that was right. It. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? It's yeah. one of those awards that you would think, like, what, what this proves is that the, the Grammys is not good at all at predicting future success. Like, the yeah, New Artist Award sure. is not at all predictor. I wonder, I wonder if their criteria is a little skewed. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Their motivations are slightly I mean, probably. Skewed. Uh, but, 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 I mean, if you think about it, like, you, you like, but, but this is what the what, what this is how the Grammys, uh, the, the recording of the Academy describes the award. The category recognizes an artist whose eligibility year releases achieved a breakthrough into the public consciousness and notably impacted the musical landscape, which should. But what is consciousness? Right, right. But like, so the, to me, that means like you should probably have more than one album in you, but you know, maybe not. Anyway, that's enough of me ranting about uh, best new artist winners, but I'm, I'm happy for the, the nominees and I hope Boy Genius. The good thing I'm excited about that is that Boy Genius is that their label is going to make them do so much fucking press, which means that just we're going to get so much good gay content. So that's, that's very good. Also, I have to say the, um, the, the, uh, the YouTube algorithm puts Boy Genius in front of me sometimes. I don't really know them that well, but man, they're fun yeah, to watch. They're great. They were on, they were on oh. SNL last week. They were oh. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, that was fun. That was a fun list listicle. Graptitude time. Graptitude time. I got a killer for you. Do it. Um, what if I told you there was a game out there for your iPhone that was part of Apple Arcade and would make you forget about threes? Um, tell me more. It's called Finity, like infinity, but without the in, just finity. And it's a pretty basic puzzle game where you move a grid of squares around to create rows of three or four. And every time you move a square, it loses. It starts off with three potential moves and then it loses moves and then it gets stuck on an X or a Y axis. And then one more move in either of those directions and it's frozen and you can't get around it. And it's a puzzle game that has, and it's all, it has tactile, it uses the, um, what's the, the, the tactile, the buzz, I'm forgetting the word. Haptic. haptic. It yeah. uses haptic feedback to make just absolutely delightful gameplay. Um, as you like move tiles, they, they buzz and, um, and when you score, there's like a big boom, 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 uh, kind of. Like I don't play with the sound on. I did once. It was cool, but I my phone's always on silent. Um, so just from tactic heat feedback alone, it's it's perfectly done. And everything that makes threes a perfect game to play in, like the the psychiatrist waiting room or whatever. Uh, this game is even better. It's just a game you can pick up anytime, play until you die, let it go. Uh, it I love it. I, I'm crazy about it. Awesome. And it's on Apple Arcade. So I love if it. You are, if you are an arcade subscriber, you already have this game. 
Okay, and I am an Arcade subscriber, not because I chose to be, but because it's part. It comes as part of like the Apple One like premiere thing. So like mm -hmm. I, I pay them thirty something dollars a month to get all their services because it's cheaper than. Uh, or actually, at this point, it's not cheaper. It would cost the same to just buy the services that I actually want. Um, but I might as well just get the ones that I don't care anything about. Right. Um, added into all, it. We all need Apple Fitness. Yeah, we all need <laughs> Apple News. <laughs> Artifact. I should make Artifact a pick. I've been oh, really Artifact is great. Artifact. Yeah, Artifact is um, really good. Go I, Instagram. I open guys. it way more than I open Apple News. Well, yeah, because it's designed by people who actually know how to get engagement in apps. Yeah. Um, which Apple yeah. News is not. Apple News is a, is, a, is a rebrand of an app called Texture that was previously called something else, which uh, uh, was just like a PDF magazine. It's a shitty experience. Um, but yeah, um, I, I will check that out because I because you know me, I love me some threes. And I'm always mm -hmm. looking for a good fidget like game to, you know, like that's what I do. Yep. Like that that's my go-to like way of, of dealing with my ADHD is playing um, a um, like mindless um, like mobile phone game. And yep. um, and people think that I'm being rude in meetings. I'm like, no, I'm not. I, the only way I can it's focus on you game. is if yep. I can, my, the front part of my brain is doing something else yep. and then I'm able to actually focus on you. It's like, I, I'm sorry if this yep. looks rude, but this is actually how I- You're going to- that's how you're gonna love you're gonna love Finity. Okay, I'm I'm gonna play this literally as soon as we get off. Um, do you have your pick? Um, uh... Well, I do now uh, because <laughs> you mentioned the game. I am obsessed. Is everyone here uh, familiar with Wario? Where yes, uh, War Wario being the sort of anti-hero in the Mario uh, universe. Uh, he is the best part of the Mario universe, other than Luigi. So it's like it's like Luigi, like Wario. Toad, Yoshi, uh, Donkey yes. Kong, Bowser, uh, even fucking Princess Peach, and then Mario. Like, Mario's the worst part. Yeah, and the best part about Wario is, like, you could say that Bowser's an asshole, but Wario's, like, an actual asshole. But anyway, there's these games. There, he has these, like, there are these, like, micro games that are part of certain Wario games called WarioWare Inc. Um, and my boys and I play them. And it's basically, like, it's so completely nonsensical. Like, the game, you fire the game up, and pretty soon you're looking at a giant boombox that just has Wario's angry face. And it's this long, long preamble. And then you start the series of micro games which are literally like it'll be like catch the straw and then you you pop into a screen and a straw drops and you have to just move a hand to catch the straw and then you're on to the next game it's like you know it's like drop the it's just like it's amazing and they're so absurd and you just work your way through these micro games and wario in between them all just makes mean faces at you and then you're back into the micro games and it is the most delightful thing and i'm actually i made this um call it the protocade it's like it looks very soviet it's like a a soviet looking um retro pie arcade thing it's like uh you can put it in your lap and it has like a joystick and but like arcade joystick and buttons and it has like a screen attached to it um and you can play all the old like nes games and i mean anything anything that an emulator can play but anyway that's where i learned to love wario and so i'm actually making there's a box it's like about as big as a kleenex box and i put a giant button in it because mostly all you have to do in wario is hit a yep. button and and it's gonna it's gonna just sit like in front of you and you can just be like bam bam and play these stupid micro games and i'm so excited i love this so um, much this is like the greatest thing ever like uh, honestly, this is what makes makes nintendo so fucking great is uh, they do yeah. shit like this what was the stuff that they came out with like the labo stuff did you ever play with any of that oh yeah no i never did i mean my 
boys certainly so both have switches, but they they were just on the other side of the age that would be excited about that. Except that I was. Oh, I was going to say that. I bought that as an adult. Like I bought the last. <laughs> did you? Did you love yeah. it? No, I mean I was. Into I mean, it. I mean, you know I made a fucking car like, that I control. Are you kidding me? I like. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So, so for people so who don't cool. know, this Labo is like this cardboard sort of setup thing where you build these little things, and it's got these. It's kind of like you know adult Legos, but it's it's made for kids, but it's. Honestly, adults, I think, just get as much of a kick out of it. And then you can control it with your Switch. Like, you, it's it's great. It's amazing. A little maker kit with cardboard that you control with your Switch. Yeah, and, like, my, it's not that my boys, like, it's not necessarily you grow out of it, but there is a moment developmentally yeah. where you're just, like, you're not quite – you're, like, that seems a little too 100%. young for me. I was going to say, there's you know. this moment where you're, like <laughs> – I'm too cool for this. I'm too adult. Like I, I don't want to play with baby toys. And and then like yeah. a few years later, usually when you're like in college, you're like, why why the fuck did I not want to play with baby toys? Like like you know like yeah. like kids yeah. toys are the best. Like you know so yeah. But there, but there's like this moment like in like I would say like like late middle school, early high school where you're just like, no, I'm above this. And then yeah. then then you you know actually like experience a little bit of adulthood, and you're like. No, I want to go back to like the shit that I played in elementary school. That's, that was the greatest stuff ever. I can appreciate this now. It's like I totally messed their heads because they've started loving Wes Anderson movies. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, you, you realize Owen Wilson was Lightning McQueen, right? Which was like their whole world or whatever. It really took them a minute to to integrate those two realities. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and that had to be like, that has to be like a complete like mind fuck for them a little bit too. That's really it cool. was. I was surprised they didn't realize it because they know everything about everything. But they're like, "Oh my god, you're right." That way, and it's like, "Yeah, it's not the Tarchining Limited, Owen Wilson. <laughs> it's a different man." Anyway, Christina, okay. you're up. So my pick is going to be uh, two things, um, um, and uh, and it's a little weird for me to pick these. And I, I kind of was thinking about picking them before the news yesterday broke, but now it's awkward. Uh, we didn't even talk about it. OpenAI imploded as a company yep. yesterday. Yep. Um, don't really still don't really have the full idea of what's going on. Um, I've already got my fucked company merch because I'm literally uh, not that you I guys can see this. I do. I'm, I'm wearing the, my OpenAI Dev Day uh, uh, sweatshirt, which is probably now a collector's item. Um, God, I can't believe that wasn't even two weeks ago. And that was one of the most impressive Dev Day things so I've seen. Crazy. And I was really looking forward to talking about it actually with both of you because a lot of the stuff they introduced was really cool. Um, but we've got, I've been messing with those custom GPTs. Same. But I, so but, but, uh, it, it, on, on that note, um, one of the apps we've mentioned them before, but I wanted to give it another mention cause it's already been updated is a uh, Mac GPT, uh, from, from, from Jordy, uh, cause he'd already updated to support the latest model stuff as well as their text to speech, um, stuff, which is actually really good. So, um, he, uh, he, he released that update, like basically as soon as, as they made their changes. So, um, he's, um, you know, basically like already has support for the GPT-4 Turbo with the 128,000 tokens. Um, and um, he's included their their, their text-to-speech models. Um, and Mac Whisper, which which is an app that Jordy Bruin also makes. Um, it, I don't know if this, I've got to check this to see if the newest version supports uh, Whisper 3.0 uh, or Whisper V3. But um, um, this is a, a great app. I mean, you technically, because Whisper is open source, you technically don't have to um, uh, like have a front end with it. You could just use it, you know, um, command line or whatnot, but the, but the front end is really nice. And it's, a, in my opinion, one of the best ways to do any sort of transcription. Um, and, and yeah. it, it happens locally on your machine. Um, especially for people like, um, uh, like Jeff who need to transcribe things and you don't necessarily want to send oh, them to a cloud. Yeah. 
because you don't really yeah, trust yeah. that because exactly. you might be talking to people in places where like that's sensitive information and you don't want that living on anyone's cloud. Uh, Whisper is a great um, thing for that. And Mac Whisper is great because you can literally just drag in a file or enter in a YouTube URL and it'll pop out the, the transcript for you. So Mac Whisper yeah. and MacGPT um, are, are my picks. But uh, yeah, um, awesome. Little bit, a uh, little bit weird timing because we don't know what. So crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because they ousted their CEO, uh, right? Yeah, and then Greg Brockman. Who, by the way, who's 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 resting face is the is the face of someone who just got ousted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be mean. I was just totally. looking at those photos. I'm like, he's always looked that way. Um, uh, it, and it, no, it's it's uh yeah, it ousted him, and then as soon as he uh, was ousted, uh, Greg Brockman, who was basically the face of all their developer stuff, just like quit. Yeah. quit. To me, that was what yeah. freaked me out even more than Sam leaving, because Sam raised money and was like, you know, the, the CEO and whatnot. But for me, I'm like, yeah, uh, the company that I like that the people I care about, you know, know about and and are excited by is 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 Greg. Um, What's what does is this there, look like about Greg? Is there an official Microsoft reaction to this news? Um, uh, that we have a long-standing partnership with OpenAI and we'll continue to work with them. I no, okay. I mean uh, that that's that's the official thing. But yeah. Yeah. but the reporting, all I can, all I can say is this is what the reporting says. I, I don't know if it's true or not. She says as she definitely knows um, is that uh, Microsoft was made aware of the situation about a minute before the um, uh, blog post went public. So no one, no mm. one had any idea it was coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, wow. even internally, they didn't know like a lot no. of people in the company learned about it from the public blog post. Oh yeah. No, because I mean, they literally told Sam, I think 30, according to his statement, Sam Altman says he found out half, he got a meeting half an hour before it happened. And that Greg Brockman, who was chairman of the board, got a got an invite five minutes before it happened. And basically, they called him. Sam says they called him into a meeting, fired him over Google Meet. Which, wow, that's a sentence. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then Greg uh, found out that he was uh, that the Sam was fired or whatever, and they were um, dismissing him as chairman of the board. Um, I had assumed there had been a there had been a vote, um, and and that Sam and and. Uh, um, Greg, who are on the board, voted for Sam and, and the other board members uh, voted against. And then they were like, well, as chairman of the board, we can't have you be chairman if you're going to, you know, not support us. So we'll we'll take that. But uh, from their own statements, that's not what happened. We'll find out more as real reporting is able to be done right now. It's just a complete cluster and uh, insane. Like one of the like you don't expect to see the most promising and most prominent tech company implode like less than two weeks after they had like a really kick-ass event and literally the week that their biggest financial, um, you know, backer had their own developer event where they showed off a bunch of yeah. the technology that would of course be Microsoft. Crazy. So yeah, the whole thing is pretty fucked in a lot of ways. It is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Following. Following. Exactly. I was going to say, I have no <laughs> idea it was justified or not. All I know is that it is, uh, not been handled well, but the apps and the API for now anyway, are still good. Yeah. Yeah. As of this morning on my couch at 6 a.m. Right. I was going to say, still going. I, I wonder I wonder if they'll open up a, a ChatGPT Plus um, subscriptions again because they had to close them down because apparently demand was too high. So, yeah, we'll see. That's a problem to have. Well, right. 
Yeah. Although apparently the rumors are like, oh, people were like, oh no, you know, they really just wanted to be a nonprofit focused on the research. To which I call bullshit. Then why did you yeah. take thirteen billion dollars? <laughs> like, that's bullshit. Why that's... did you take thirteen million dollars? Like, I I don't believe any board member who says that that was really what they thought is. Like, by the time you joined the board, it, for most of these people's cases, they'd already raised money from Microsoft. Like, you can't pretend like you didn't know that there's that the nonprofit owned a, a cap profit company. And that obviously there was going to be a, a, a you know a world domination Profit. motive, yeah. right? Man, I didn't. Also, I didn't realize they shut down Plus, which I have. And I'm really glad because yeah. I use it a lot. Same. Oh my god. Same. Same. I'm. I'm. I'm also like really glad that like I got five hundred dollars in API credits last week. Uh, That's nice. Um, yeah. Because again, like who knows what they're gonna do with the, the whole thing? Is is a big like question mark? Like lol sub. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to be continued, man. I was, yeah, Jesus. Well, this has been a right. this has been a wide-ranging episode. <laughs> it has. Started with three amigos. I just want to yes, point that did. out. Yes, it did. It did. Which honestly now I cannot wait to to do two things. One play Affinity and and two I what I'll probably do while I'm downloading that is watch that that three amigos um both the 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 clip of their review but also the the Johnny Carson reaction because that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Good to see you guys. Good seeing you too. Yeah. Get some Get sleep, sleep later. Get some sleep. Yeah. The system is going down low.